welcome to Feel Good Sports. We're nearing the end of the first week of competition of the inaugural Women's Premier League in India. We've already seen some incredible cricket and we've learned some new names. Players forging their paths into the future of women's cricket. And as exciting as it is for us watching from Australia, we wanted to get an insight into what the WPL looks like from the inside. So Jen called an old friend. Lisa Stalaker is one of the most recognisable names in Australian women's cricket. The first woman to make a thousand runs and take a hundred wickets in one day internationals, she was a formidable player. But even if, like me, you never saw her play, you'll probably recognise her voice as one of the most prolific commentators in the women's game. Lisa took on the role of mentor with the UP Warriors for the first ever WPL season, and she was good enough to take some time to give us an insight into what it's like being on the inside of the Women's Premier League. Well, I thought I'd just start maybe with your role at UP Warriors and how it came about getting involved with them. Yeah, it was actually I was um, I was in South Africa, just landed for the start of the T20 World Cup and got a phone call from one of the, I think, general managers, I guess, and of the UP Warriors. And uh, he said, look, we're interested in talking to you. Um you know, can you give us a bit of background? Obviously, I'd met him through um, BCCI. I had worked at the NCA, which is the National Cricket Academy um, in Bangalore. Um, so I had known him and met him before. And, yeah, we just started chatting and he said, look, you know, it kind of it spiralled into the next couple of days of, okay, great, we want you as a mentor. And then it was the auction was like three, four days away and it was four or five hour meetings every morning as soon as I'd wake up, be on a call, um, money ball styling, looking at so much data. Um, under, and lucky for me, I'd, I'd seen a men's IPL auction before when I've been here in India, so kind of knew the process. So, But it was fascinating to be on the other side and see how they come up with it. And, you know, obviously John Lewis, who um, is the head coach, gave – gave a style of play that he wants and, you know, and then we start to try and find those players to fit that type of style. So, yeah, it was great, great experience. Uh, it would have been so interesting. On the auction itself, it's interesting to hear, you know, hours of work going into it, but I realise that would have happened because you can see when you watch it, people, you know, with their plans and then moving on without giving too much away from your strategy or your ins and your outs. Was there anyone without saying names that you maybe missed out on that you that you guys were going after hard yeah I mean you'll see when if you follow the auction we we, we pushed up certain players because we wanted them I mean a, a player's value which is sounds weird in itself is only dependent on if two buyers want the player um that's how it it really works um but the thing is that whilst you have this ideal side you know you're not going to get them all right so it's all about then, well, who's the next best and where do they come in the pecking order and not to get panicked if you haven't got any players for a while because there is a strategy. I mean, they even did mock, I wasn't part of any of them um, because I was broadcasting at the time, but they did a number of mock auctions as well. So each member kind of picked a side and went with what they think Mumbai would go with or Bangalore or whatever. So, you know, that side of things, I, I found it fascinating. Um, and you know me, well, I'm a, I'm a bit of a, a stats geek and a nerd, so, like, I love the numbers and 
Um, and also, you know, you have a gut feel of what you've watched and then when it adds up to the numbers, you're like, yes, I knew she was good in that phase. Um, she'll be perfect for our side. So, no, we were really happy. We were really happy um, with our side and, and, and who we got. So um, obviously for um, probably John and Ashley and somewhat myself, there's a few Indian, the younger Indian domestic players I didn't know much about. Um, but having spent some time with them, they're, Jesus, some quality out there and watch out world, India, India are coming. Uh, I, I honestly believe that this is something that can in five years time, we're going to understand why India are finally the powerhouse in women's cricket that we've all been thinking they will be at the moment. So for yourself, I guess, reflecting on that, the time it's taken for the BCCI to make this move, they make the move and then it happens rapidly. Everything just moves <laughs> So quick. That's what happens in this country sometimes. <laughs> Things take either a long time or they people just flick a switch and it gets done because you've got the power of people, the masses to get it, get it over your line. Like um I caught up um with the lady who looks after the hundred, Beth, and she was saying it takes a, it took us three years to get to the start of the hundred, whereas the teams were announced on the 25th of January. <laughs> like, so teams like, oh, so we've got a women's side. Okay, right. And the auction's in, oh, okay, 10 days. Right, okay, let's go, 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 go. So, yeah, things things get done. I mean, and also really short lead up for the players as well. So there's been a lot of things crammed in at the last minute. Um, not ideal, but, mate, it's it's been good cricket so far, so no complaints. It has absolutely been good cricket. Let's talk a little bit about the cricket. So we know you've you've got a role sitting on the sideline with the UP Warriors. We go back to your first game, the Grace Harris end of, yes. end of innings just highlights that us in Australia are very familiar with Gracie and her enthusiasm and her sheer joy. You can't contain it. What did you say no. to her before she went out to bat? Anything? No, nothing. I just sit in the corner. Um, you know me, I... Um, even though I don't need to, I still score. Just it's my way of staying in the game, seeing things. Plus, to be honest, actually, as usual, everyone's like, so how many overs has such and such got left? And how many? And I'm like, yeah, see, see, you still need this. Yeah. And and to be honest, I, I think I've always been quite a, a calm, relaxed person in the dugout. I've never been too anxious about things. So just sit there noticing players, their, how they cope with pressure, who gets really excited, who gets nervous, all of those type of things. Um, but for Gracie, you just let her go. You, I mean, you don't, there's no point to, I mean, she was constantly commentating the whole time and she was up the whole time waiting to bat. And so we knew she was on and she, you know, she kept saying to me um, at the at the game and before best when fresh least best when fresh because she didn't train or anything so it was like yep good to go so um you're right we're used to her and what she's able to do in Australia and that game was really important for the competition because we'd had two blowouts before um and the IPL the men's IPL is is all about the best of the best coming together and more often than not it goes down to the last over and we didn't have that in the first two games, but that game set the tournament alight. So just lucky we were on the on the on the winning side. You're right. It did really get us going. I think we sort of had a bit of anticlimactic with the first couple. Um, we're excited for them to lead off. And then it was like, oh, that's a shame. But so then the next game, you guys decide to go against um or change your your order, go 
and, and use a bowler as opposed to Grace. So Ishmael, I think it was, was who came in. But one thing I did notice was when the coverage would cr- would cut across and so great, show Grace sitting on the sideline, there's a fair bit of space aside from Grace. So there wasn't a lot of people sitting <laughs> beside her. You needed, you needed another, like, you need to put her in another stadium. Seriously, because some people obviously, like, um, John, Ashley Notkey, who's the assistant or fast bowling coach, should I say, obviously knows her and knows what she's like. But John's like, are you always like this? And I'm like, she is. I said, this is why that she should maybe play so we don't have to deal with her constantly cheering our ear off. She still was quite a, a positive character around and she understood the the bigger picture of, of the decision with the, the selection process. She did come across really well on the broadcast that just, you know, this is how it goes and I'll just support the team from here. I want to go back to you mentioned that you score still in the dugout. So we've seen you on the footage. I, I was talking to the girls. I coach cricket over in Perth and I do, I still do the runs and the balls um, when we're chasing and oh. pass it on to them to keep doing it. And so I saw you yeah. doing it. I thought, oh, that's brilliant. She still does it. And I remember that myself and Erin Osborne used to sort of take over from you. But you, did you pick it up off Bronwyn Calver or did you totally create doing this? I don't know. This is all Bronwyn Calver, actually. And, you know, the reason why it was, and you'll know, back back in our day um, where we used to play in, you know, the outer grounds and you just had just the runs and the overs and that was it and maybe the target. So it was actually really, really handy. And you could see, I mean, I don't do the, the traditional running order. I just have created a very simple one for me just to follow how many runs per over and partnerships and things like that. But you can see... where we lose matches or where we slow down and things like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we had a wonderful system at the breakers. um, And I actually think it kept us across the game regularly. Um, Players knew what what was required, who was still left to bowl if we were chasing. Um, Or, you know, then we'd always have fun if we were setting a target. We'd all play the game of what are we going to get? I I still remember Leonie Coleman going up to bat going, we're close to my target. Do I just go for the single or do I go for the <laughs> uh, That's funny. But, um, yeah, yeah, it, it, it just keeps me calm and keeps me in the game. And then surprisingly, everyone needs the information still. So Always. And you know that everyone wants to, everyone's asking all at once. So, no, it's a good thing to do. Now, you speak about back in our day and, and where the games come from, and I know that it was a sentiment I felt was passed on from the likes of, say, Christina Matthews, Kerry Marshall, Sally Griffiths about leaving the game in a better place than you found it. And I, I hear Elisa Healy speak a lot and use that term a lot still to this day, only literally yesterday, um, commenting the same thing. There's plenty of former players involved in this tournament, either coaching or mentoring or broadcasting. As a collective, how are you guys feeling when you think about all this lead-up work that you've been involved in and and where we're seeing the landscape go to. Yeah, we just had Women's International Day and it was three years to the day of the MCG and what was done. And I looked at, um, I think Jess Johnson put up the clip of what was achieved on that day. Still, and there's there's footage of me crying and I still watch it and I still cry because it was such a, a momentous occasion because it felt like um, women's cricket came into mainstream media for the first time. Everyone just took notice and this tournament will do exactly the same um, on steroids. Um, So, you know, it'll still take a few years for it to really blossom into what the men's IPL is. Um, But, you know, it's, it's, 
there's pinch yourself moments at the um, all the time. You know, the T20 World Cup final in South Africa and Cape Town, South Africa making it, that crowd, like that will be huge for the game in South Africa and women's sport in South Africa. So wherever we go, things are changing, things are happening, people are becoming more aware. And it's just, it's nice to be part of the ride because, you know, people will say, oh, you know, your generation, you know, certainly drove a lot of it, but every generation has. Um, Catherine Fitzpatrick would say, you know, back in the 1930s or, you know, women first learnt to crawl. Then, you know, then we started to stand. Then we started to, to walk. Then we started to jog. Then we started to run. Now we're sprinting. So everyone's played an important role. And um, we're just all of, all of us are really a drop in the ocean, but it's nice to kind of see it come to fruition and see the players being recognised and celebrated for who they are and what they've been able to achieve. 100%. Speaking of players, you touched on a little bit earlier some of the Indian players within your own side that you weren't as familiar with. And and for us and our audience, I suppose, are there some players that are on your radar that should be on our radar and you think will be people that we're all very familiar with soon? Yeah, so there's there's one girl, uh, Shimran. Um, so we haven't seen her. She hasn't been exposed from a batting point of view, but she's got some of the fastest hands I've ever seen. But if you see her in the field in, in the last game, she saved probably two boundaries. She's literally got rocket boosters on her. I've never seen a girl run as fast. I've already told Midge, don't get run out, okay? She goes, I'm just putting my hand up and telling her no. <laughs> Coming back for two whilst I'm still completing my first. Um, you know, just and she hasn't played a lot of T20 cricket as well. Like she's only just kind of late to the game or late to this level. But um, you know, she's certainly won. Uh Kieran Navagari, um, she scored a half century, um, bombed it, but she has that ability to do it. But I thought the first innings was really clever and smart. Um she was able to time the ball and know when to go hard and when to put the foot on the accelerator. The other one is Anjali Savani. She has a left armor. Probably hasn't swung the ball as well as as we wanted, and and that's just probably technical, maybe nerves. I mean, it's this is a big occasion for all of them. Family are coming to watch. They're on TV all the time now. So um, yeah, there's quite a few girls. Um, you know, and I, I've only seen Anjali probably a few times. She played against Australia in December, so she's in an, and around that Indian setup. And then we've got some youngsters. There's one player you may not see this year, or maybe we may select uh, um, Yasha Shri. Um, so she's a young fast bowler from the under 19. So we've got I think three players from the under 19. So yeah, it's going to be exciting to see them develop and. You know, we've been involved in cricket for a long time, and when you when you meet a young girl and you can see the potential, and then it slowly comes out over time, it's a it's a really special experience. And I had the same type of feeling actually when Elisa Healy addressed the group, because like, I've known her since she was ten, and I'm like, <laughs> look where she's I'm like, it was a bit of a proud moment, like almost like a mother or older sister type, like wow, she's done so much. She's a wonderful leader. Um, she carries herself really well. She understands the bigger picture. She's got a little bit of fight and a bit of niggle, which we all like as Aussies as well, but and, but she's still down to earth and the easiest person to to go grab a beer with. So, yeah, the, there's exciting things for me because I get to link up with her after a long time. But then 
I've always had uh, affection for Indian cricket and wanting to see the best out of it. And so now to be able to work with those girls moving forward is uh, yeah something that uh, I can't wait. It must be really incredible for you, your storyline, your family and your connections to actually sit across the WBBL and the changes that Australia are leading and now to get to see India. And it just seems like such a huge moment coming for Indian cricket. You must be amazed yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we actually had a team dinner last night and um, Hindi music was being played and lots of dancing was going on. And I was trying my best to remember all the moves from the Bollywood movies <laughs> that I'd seen being an absolute dag, but we got all the girls up there dancing and, and obviously for me being in Mumbai, a place where I used to come when I was a young girl um, and playing at, we're going to be, our next game is at Brabant Stadium where I retired. You know, there's there's such a, an affinity with this city and this country. Yeah, and I'm lucky that that, that I guess I, I've got two homes really. I've got, I've got Australia and I've got India and I feel very comfortable in both. And I'm enjoying the fact that I'm able to now share a bit of my love of India with some of the other girls because especially the overseas girls, because they come to India and it's very daunting and it's overwhelming and the food is different. The people is everything a bit more chaotic, but it all gets done. And hopefully them spending more time in this environment and exposed to more Indian people, they'll start to understand, actually, this is a pretty cool place to be that, you know, you're going to love playing cricket in this country. Um, what about the, the atmosphere at the grounds? Like it seems fantastic coming across on the coverage, but being there, what is it actually like for the players arriving on the buses, getting through the traffic and just having this fandom there? Yeah, it's, um, you know, the music is loud. Everyone's dancing away. Um, they've been really happy with the crowd so far. Um, it will pick up as the tournament goes on. So you know, um, I think last December the Aussie girls played that super over match that they lost in front of 45,000 people. So, um, you know, just numbers that we're just not used to on a regular basis, but they'll start to come in into their droves a lot more. Um, the, the crowds have been great. They've been appreciative of good cricket. I know each franchises are, are working hard to, to keep kind of exposing it because obviously we're just playing in the one venue. So you're not, you haven't got a home ground advantage, so to speak. Um, but that will happen over time. And I think, you know, maybe next year or the year later, we'll start to travel a little bit more and play home crowds in front of home crowds, which will take it again to, I keep saying, it just keeps getting better and better. Like it's not going backwards basically. So um, yeah, it, it's been great. And um, they're so receptive to cricket. We're very appreciative of your time, spending time here on our Feel Good Sports podcast. For people who are non-sports or non-cricket nuffies like you and I, you know, we love the stats, we love all elements of the game. WPL, you're talking to someone who's like, oh, I've heard a bit about this. What's the element that excites you the most that you would talk to a non-cricketing person and, and get excited about? If I'm going non-cricket and, and the skills that's on show, I mean, firstly, athletic people are out there doing what they do and doing it really well. If you're um, a person who appreciates looking at the best of things, whether it be art, listening to music, going to a beautiful restaurant where the food has been presented beautifully, then you're going to like WPL because the presentation is great. Um the excitement is there, the skill level is there, the athleticism is there. 
But then the other thing that makes, um, I think, women's cricket different is that the players are more accessible. You feel like you get to know them better. Um, there's not your yeah, stock standard answers sometimes, especially not with Grace Harris. You, you don't actually know what's coming out of her mouth um, when you ask her a question. But there, there is a closer association, I think, that fans get with the female players. Um, and I hope that never changes because I think that's what gives us the little edge and the difference over men's cricket. Absolutely so true. Uh, look, thank you so much for your time. I know you guys take on RCB on Friday night, um, a big challenge, obviously a team that most thought at the start, oh, they look pretty loaded, they look pretty locked, but they're, they're in a bit of struggle street. So for you guys, I mean, you've got the chance to keep them down there. Um, best of luck and thanks for your time today. No worries, well, anytime. You've been listening to Feel Good Sports. You can find us on Instagram at feelgoodsportspod and you can listen anywhere you get your podcasts. Until next time, laters. Laters.